Testing, testing. Is there anybody out there? Testing, testing. and welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm John the Pritchett, and along with me is... Braxton Hunter. And just as you are, we are lucky to be here. Lucky to be here. Maybe. 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 Maybe, maybe, maybe not. not. I don't know. You might not be lucky to be here. Um. Yeah, why does it say Braxton Hunter on the screen? So uh, this is our, for those that are new to the channel... Why does it say that I'm Braxton? Am I president now? Is that how this works? Fetch my you coffee. Can you can have it. Yeah. <laughs> no um, thanks. You know, here, here's I don't thing. want your job, buddy. For those that are new to the channel, uh, on Fridays, we have started at 1 o'clock doing the Friday afternoon live stream. Although, for some of you folks across the pond, it's like some other time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, we're not doing that math so, right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but uh, but we, we typically try to make this a Q&A show where we just answer your questions. That's the way we're going to go with this. But we also want a topic to discuss for a little bit at the beginning. So uh, someone had asked us a while back in the Trinity Radio Facebook group, which is called Trinity Radio Prime Time Discussion, which you can be a part of if you believe in Facebook. And so <laughs> go look for that and, and find out. Do you that. believe it exists or do you have faith? What are we talking about when we talk about believe in Facebook? Believe in Facebook? Well, not like if you believe. like You, you should you believe trust it exists. It. Not, yeah. not in the biblical sense, but like you meant like you well you have con yeah okay you have contractually signed and therefore believed on placed your trust in um facebook and insofar as you don't violate their ever-changing community standards yeah yeah uh anyway Fair so enough. you can you can go be a part of that group too we'd love to have you there it is a private group but you can gain access by 
um, pledging your allegiance or whatever else we make you do there. We don't make you pledge any allegiance. If you have not watched... We have atheists in the group, too. Right. It's mostly Christians. If you have not watched the last upload, which was the... Well, it wasn't an upload. It was the live stream of the debate with Chris Date and Steve Gregg that was hosted by Braxton Hunter, who did a fantastic job. You need oh, to watch you. that debate. Very few people as, thought it was important to tell me whether I did a good job or not, so thank you. Well, <laughs> but I was cameraman... Uh, I was I was moderator. Yeah. I was uh, chat. No, when you have dealer. some people as unruly as Chris and Steve were, then, no, I'm just kidding. That, that, that was like the model example of you know Christian civility in a debate. Yeah. So, Unlike the debate that I had in Houston, this was like its complete opposite. Yeah. And so um, great debate, great discussion. I've been blessed with some pretty yeah. cordial debates yeah. myself. Uh, anyway. Uh, glad you all are here. Thank you for coming. Again, this is kind of a more casual sort of a deal on uh, Fridays than what you get in the other videos. Uh, this will be the fourth video we've released this week. Um, so, so we're we're. Oh, we've been like releasing videos. Yeah, let's see. Trinity Radio's got videos. Trinity Radio Extras had a video. <clears throat> Have another one on deck. We've got one coming up. We're we're gonna play a fun game that you left on my desk. You know. Um, I then, see that the digital gnosis is here and already making some comments that are not the most positive about apologetics, but I have to tell you what digital gnosis, Nathan, um, I was actually listening earlier today to your open hangout with Pine Creek and some others and was enjoying it insofar as I got. So, uh, glad you're here. Um, so what do we mean when we talk about luck? and chance. Oh, I had one more announcement. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So in addition to some really good videos on this channel and on our second channel, Trinity Radio Extra, go subscribe if you haven't. We actually finally launched Theology Geek Fitness, so search for that. There's, I think, three videos up and plenty more coming. So if you haven't subscribed to that channel, go subscribe to that channel as well. Lots of good stuff. Lots of your favorite apologists be contributing to it, so. Real quick, do debates still happen in like in universities and stuff like the old William Lane Craig ones? Well, my debate with Matt Dillahunty was last year, and it was at Baylor University, so technically, yes, although I think you have a fair point. They don't happen that much anymore. And um, there's a whole COVID thing that squashed a bunch this yeah. year, so. Yeah. It's just hard. Nobody knows when to try to reschedule anything for that kind of thing. I mean, because, uh, let's see. Uh, the unapologetic conference, they're big on having a debate at least once a year, probably. And, yep. And, but Tatiana's here. How can you do that with the, when you don't know if anyone's going to be on campus or how that's going to go? All right. Are you done with your announcements? Yeah, I was answering questions now. Okay. So uh, what do we mean by luck and what do we mean by chance? I'll take a stab at that. You can tell me if you think I'm right. When we talk about luck... We, we People use luck when they really just mean chance or randomness, I think. But luck well, specifically Well, luck, in, in a be, good sense, it's a favorable outcome of something that they think is chance or... No, unless it's, I, unless I, it's I bad luck. No, I, I mean, still disagree. it's good luck and bad luck. No, luck, uh, terminologically, etymologically, and all those kind of things, is a little bit more superstitious than that, I think. It has no. to do with... Um, I think you're still describing chance. Luck is... Let's put it this way. The belief that the cosmos impersonally favored you in some way. Impersonally. Because otherwise you just call it providence if it's God doing yeah. it for you. So, so in some way, an, the impersonal forces of the universe favored you, or in the case of bad luck, 
Yeah, but that's what I mean. I mean, like something yeah. positive. Yeah, it's positive or negative. They but don't call it crappy charms, Braxton. They call it lucky charms. <laughs> lucky charms. <laughs> okay. but, but but that but that's a great example because lucky charms are an example, like four leaf clovers and things yeah. like that. There's some superstitious, mystical, you know, spiritual esque sort of thing that they yeah. think is going on. But so it's not. You don't have luck if naturalism is true. You definitely don't have luck or chance really if naturalism is true on a certain definition. Um, everything's determined. But but you but you have. But luck is has this sort of ooey gooey spiritual, but impersonal, I think, aspect to it. Otherwise, again, it's just providence, it's just God doing stuff. Um, well, or the favor of God. Yeah, know. but still, I, I have some quibbles about that. Well, chance, on the other hand, I think we have to be a little bit more nuanced with. So, chance would be um, something that is indeterminate, random, and probabilistic. And and the very name chance doesn't doesn't imply that it's going to be good or bad from anyone's perspective. It's it might neutral. seem good, it might seem bad, but chance. But see, even there, like I thought about this. So with you, Pritchett, mm-hmm. um, let's let's keep this personal between me and you, and, and among humans, without bringing God into it just yet. Okay. I think people feel like they have luck or chance favors them or whatever because like of probability. So like with you. So there's there's what we call epistemological probability, and then there is like metaphysical probability. Metaphysical probability would be something where it, there really is a randomness involved in the mix. It could it could go either way, right? Right. Um, pro, but like epistemological probability is, I don't know, and don't tell me, okay? Yeah. But I don't know whether you like chicken liver. But you know whether you like chicken liver or suspect that. You, see, you ruined it. No, I do oh, know. You do know. You do know. Okay. So we, I know that William Lane Craig does. It's his favorite thing. He says he prefers that to cookies. Um, Wait, what? I know. I know. But that's what he says. So, but I don't know where you stand on this. So from my p- perspective, I can put together the things that I know about you, the times we've eaten together and what I've observed and things I know about your personality and where you're from and all these kind of things. And I can develop a probability where you could take a where, where chance, I can take a, so I can speak. take a guess at the chances yeah. that you do or don't like chicken liver. And I may come up with a probability that's like, okay, there's a 60% chance that he does that. He's going to tell me he doesn't like chicken liver. Now, what, how do you feel about chicken liver? <coughs> and just be quick I, about it. I like Chicken liver in like dirty rice and stuff like that. Do I just want to eat a slab of liver? Uh, I could, but I prefer chicken liver. Is like you, you got to have liver in. But dirty if it's rice. binary, you either do like chicken liver in general, in principle, right. or you don't. Which is it? I do. Okay, you do like chicken liver. See, I would have given a sixty percent probability that you don't. That's my epistemological thing. That's actually a fiction, at least with some things, because those chances that I've come to my mind are not really chances that are out there somewhere. There's a fact of the matter. Yeah, but... And you know what it is. Hang on, but... Yeah. Okay, what if, from what you know, there's a 60% probability that I don't like it. Right. So if you decided that you're going to go with the 40, you're going to, in one sense, take a chance on your answer being the less probable one. That's a chance too, though. In the way that yeah, we I'm use saying the word if I say it's sixty percent, yeah, that you that I'm thinking based on all my calculations, sixty percent you don't like chicken yeah. liver, okay? You take a chance. I'm, with I'm either giving answer. you forty yeah. percent. I'm saying he's forty percent likely to like chicken, t- but all those numbers are fictions. 
yes. there, to help me. And we do that to go through life. But there is a fact of the matter. And if I would just ask you, like I just did, no, 100 out of 100 times, if you're being honest, you're going to tell me that you do like chicken liver in general. Yes. Okay. So, so that, so that's a epistemological probability. So th I'm, there's chance. That's the chances that I'm prognosticating right. out there. Um, but then, so, you know, I might look at the numbers and come up with what seems reasonable. There's this such and such chance a plane will fall into this building or whatever. Okay. The, 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 there's it will, or it won't, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm putting up chances. Right. So we talk always about always 50, 50 in one sense, but yeah. it's also, but, but is it reasonable to, to think, you know, it, that a plane will just right. fall down on target? See, I wouldn't say it's 50, 50. I'd say that there's a non-zero chance. But it's very low. But I'm. But that's pro, that's still epistemological. Yeah, that's still. The but problem. but but either in reality it will or it won't ever. Right. Right. And that's so, always the case. Right. So so that so that's the metaphysical chances. Yeah. Now the question is: Is there ever? Is everything just determined, or is there ever a probability, metaphysically? Um. And I and that's where those of us who would affirm libertarian free will, or for those who whether they affirm libertarian freedom or not, whether we have free will or not would say about perhaps quantum mechanics, some people might say the quantum superposition is indeterminate and probabilistic, metaphysically speaking, right? Yeah. There's no, okay, so, so chance, so when we, so I think when we come to Christian stuff, let me go ahead and knock this out from my perspective really quick. I don't think luck exists on Christianity. So there's your answer for the show. But chance, I think, may exist. And I think that's where the more interesting discussion of the show is going to is going to happen. Yeah. Okay. But do you agree with all that? Uh yeah, and then uh, you know, well there we'll talk about first speaking of the, uh, of agreements. What does everyone agree on? Everyone agrees on that there's a colloquial sense that chance is real or luck is real. Right? In a colloquial mm -hmm. sense. So if you can say that oh, well he's fortunate, he's blessed. So for a theist, it could be, you know, God providentially made a scenario to where Braxton Hunter wins the lottery. Mm -hmm. And I'm still going to say, dude, you're lucky that God did all that providentially so that you won the lottery instead of me. That's still luck. Right. You right. know what I mean? And it's still, in a sense, chance from my perspective that yeah. why was it, why, why did that happen to you? And you're going to feel lucky. Yeah. Now, here, here's the, where we go from here, I think. So the yeah. next thing on the plate would be, why do people feel like something like luck or, um, somehow the cosmos is favoring them or something like that. Why do they feel like that? Well, it's obviously because random things that from our perspective, whether they really are or really aren't that seem random and happen to them that are either good or bad. Yeah. And they developed, okay, we got that, but there's another angle to this. There is a, okay. So let's say to set this up a thought experiment, let's say that you're walking down the road and I didn't come up with this, but you're walking down the road and a boulder falls right in front of you. Um, and it doesn't hit you. Right. It doesn't affect you in any way except it fell right in front of you. Are you unlucky that a boulder almost killed you where you can, t where you can say about, oh, just like my life, Murphy's Law, everything that can go wrong will go. You yeah. know, this thing nearly kills me. That's my luck. Or do you say, man, I'm really lucky because I didn't get hit by that boulder. Yeah, that's what you should say if you didn't get hit. That, okay, that's from your perspective, and I agree. Yeah. And I think that should be the reasonable perspective. Yeah. However... There's this psychologist, Jonathan, named Richard Wiseman, who uh, did a study of all kinds of people and who consider themselves lucky in general, or they consider themselves unlucky. By the way, 56% of people, Jonathan, 
believe that luck is real and 70 something percent believe they are unlucky. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so he did this study on all these people that were lucky or unlucky. But they don't mean in the colloquial sense. Or, they or, believe that luck is a real force, a, a real thing. A, a real impersonal force mm -hmm. that, that somehow favors or disfavors. Yeah, there's a TED Talk about this. Go yeah. look at it. Okay. The first thing that comes up in YouTube. So anyway, um, so this guy, Richard uh, Wiseman, did this study, and this is what he found. He found that in a big way, the people that think that they're lucky, that consider themselves lucky, may have had similar experiences to the people that consider themselves unlucky, but it's how they interpreted the experience. So that the person who the boulder falls and it doesn't hit them, but falls right near them and would have killed them. That's bad luck. The person that, that, that is thinking all the time, oh, I'm just unlucky all the time, is going to say, oh, yeah, I should expect, nearly got killed by a boulder today, I'm unlucky. Whereas the other type of person who views the world differently looks at it and says, there you go again. I'm just that lucky that I right. didn't get killed by the boulder. So it, that's a, but that's a personality or attitude right, type, right. type thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, but it helps un inform how you view the world and what you yeah. think about things that are happening around you. And in some cases, the belief in luck actually becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So back to Richard Wiseman again, here's an example. Someone goes to a human fortune cookie, by which I mean a fortune teller. <laughs> and uh, that's not mine either. Uh, and, they, and, they, and the person says, you are going to fall in love this week. Okay. Yeah. Now the person walks out of there and if they believe it, they, oh, wow, I'm going to fall in love this week. So they start talking to people and who's it going to be? And they, and they do fall in love. Well, did they fall in love because of the because this person correctly knew that or predicted that, or did they fall in love because they were told they're going to fall in love? So now they're out looking for it, and it becomes a self fulfilling yeah. prophecy. See, so luck. It, that I just think it's important to understand as we go into this why people feel like they have luck, mm -hmm. whether or not they actually do. And again, luck I think is less important to our discussion as Christians. To does chance exist? Because anything that seems lucky, or at least most things we could say that, that seem lucky, are going to be the providence of God or because of God, even though there may be some good things, seem, things that seem good that happen to you that, that may yeah. be chance. Um, or not. So we're, That's where it, we're going to go. Does, does a theistic Christian worldview leave open the possibility for a metaphysical reality to something that we call chance? That's what we're asking, right? Yeah, and I think you've got some scripture. Look right here. Unashamed of Jesus says... Scriptural, where to go? Scriptural support. Um, so I think you actually have some scriptural data to bring to bear, don't you? Uh, in your e inbox, uh, not off the top of my head. Oh, I thought but, you had but, it on your phone. Okay, so well, we find English words translated "chance" in in the in certain English translations. Okay, so you've got uh, one in where was it? Ecclesiastes nine eleven. Nine eleven. Yeah, that's Ecclesiastes it. Ecclesiastes nine eleven. By right. chance. All right. A few days after 9-11, Ecclesiastes 9-11. Go ahead. All right. You want me to read it? Yeah. Again, I saw that under the sun, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor the bread to the wise, nor riches to the intelligent, for nor favor to those with knowledge, but time and chance happen to them all. Yeah. And then 1 Samuel something. 1 Samuel 6, 8 through 9, again from the ESV. And take the ark of the Lord and place it on the cart and put it in a box at its side, the figures of gold, which you are returning to him as a guilt offering. Then send it off and let it go its way and watch. 
If it goes up on the way to its own land, to Beth Shemesh, then it is he who has done us this great harm. But if not, then we will know that it is not the hand that struck it us. It happened to us by coincidence. Yeah, it wasn't. We're going to do this little thing to see if it was just happenstance or just one of those things or yeah. if it was intended. That's kind of a gambit, you know, but. And then Luke 10, Luke 10, 31, now by chance, a priest was going down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Right, just, and, and when when they talk about this, that's just figures of speech of, of, you know, incidentally, or this sort of, you know, it's not really claiming any sort of metaphysical, metaphysical statement when these, these verses are used, but at the same time, to have vocabulary like that in the uh, Hebrew or Greek to account for what seems to us what I talked about from our perspective something can be a, just a coincidence it could be just random or by chance or, so then you, you know, don't think this these passages actually answer the question they're just illustrating yeah, I don't think that, that, I, that, that from our perspective right there's uh, an just ways of speaking and so uh, you know but I, I want to temper that because you can think of like Proverbs sixteen thirty three about the Lot, uh, lots are cast in the lap, but it's every decision is of the Lord, okay? Um, I don't think that's a metaphysical claim either. You know, I, I don't think that you can take a proverb and make it true 100% absolute as a, as a metaphysical feature of reality. God's in control is the point. Right, because it, it's saying, it's, it, you know, there's proverbs in there about if you do X, then the outcome will always be Y, and it sounds like it's absolute, but um, no. You know, those are, you know, they're generalities and things like that. That's just basic. And while we're on this colloquial point, let me say, I'm not one of those people that throws a big fit if a Christian says good luck or something. I mean, I know there are some people that do, but I understand colloquialism. No, I remember. In fact, Joshua Howard says here, when I say good luck, that means I don't know what will happen to you, but I hope it makes you happy. (laughs) Right. There you go. See, and that's the thing. When I was in youth group, I remember that Christians don't believe in luck and you shouldn't say luck. You should say all these other Substitutes, and I'm just—I like, got a lot more concerns about youth group members than whether they how they use the word luck. right. But th- well, I mean, fair enough. But that's the kind of dumb stuff that you talk about in bad youth groups. And real quick, Vera says, "What's the difference between chance and serendipity?" Well, serendipity um, is a I John think Cusack it, movie. Is a is a John Cusack <laughs> movie. <laughs> serendipity is a statement where we're saying something like, Love or is guy. a situation where you thought you had had, well, let's just say bad luck. Okay but it actually ended up turning around to be great. So I'll give you a great serendipitous Braxton Hunter movie. And uh, I I did terrible in math in high school, mostly because I didn't assert myself or try, but I ended up in college in um, uh, an an algebra class for dummies. Um, and, And that's where I met my wife because she had had the same sort of experience. It seemed bad to me that I had to go to this algebra class for dummies, but it was serendipitous because I met my wife there. But that's really just another statement about how we use the words, and and it doesn't really, you know, inform the the question of, yeah, but did God have a plan in that serendipity? And I think He did, um, or was it? Yeah, random that's a, or, that's a separate know. question, though. Yeah. We're not there yeah. yet. We're yeah, still we're, we yeah. have to decide what we really need to decide. And I don't think the biblical data for this is any better than like using Proverbs 16:33 as a calvinistic proof text for an all-encompassing meticulous whatever you know that and stuff like the king's heart is in the hands of the lord he swishes it this way like as if he switches it yeah, well i mean you know what i mean i'm not yeah. quoting that's the jpv 
translation, right? Jonathan Pritchett translation. Or is, maybe it's the PPV, the Pritchett Prime translation. Anyway, yeah. so there's I, verses I like 12, that that people Nathan, will... Nathan, I, my oldest daughter is having the same math concerns that we had, so I think it might be genetic. Yeah. It says maybe my kids will be mathematicians. Um, all right. But, but people will marshal these texts as if they're making these grand sweeping metaphysical claims about reality, and I don't think the ones about... Calvin, the, the Calvinist marshal out of the Proverbs, or these that you mentioned that some translations use chance or coincidence or whatever, you know, I don't think that these give us any metaphysical data to answer the question. So the, the question's still on the table metaphysically, is there room, not, you know, for random things to happen in God's creation? And I want to answer in the affirmative, yes. Well, you're saying what now? You're saying yes, what, that chance can still happen? That events by chance are possible uh-huh. within a Christian worldview. Not that God, you know, now an open theist could say yes to that. Uh, a Molinist, I think, could say yes to that. I think even an Arminian could say yes to that. I do not think a Calvinist could affirm that. Right. I, if you're a divine determinist, there's no possible way that you could affirm that there that something can happen metaphysically as, as an instance of uh, of chance. Now, having said that, quit saying that you're just a housewife, Vera. H- housewives are my heroes. Yeah. Housewives are. My wife is a housewife. Housewives. Yeah, mine too. Th- now, I'm not. This has nothing to do with you, Vera. In general, I think that. Housewives have listened to the society in which we live that tells them that they are lacking value because they're not out there wearing a pantsuit or whatever, going to some corporate job in some high rise somewhere. And I'm here to tell you something. Don't you believe that nonsense? If you are at home, uh, especially if you're raising your kids at home and, and you're, you're, you're their number one influencer, which is really important these days that you be the number one influence in their lives. You are a hero on the front lines, and don't you let anyone tell you otherwise. And you send them this video and tell them to skip past all the nonsense about luck we've been discussing and watch this moment. Not that my opinion matters. Get some housewife, because their opinions do matter, to tell them that. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, you know, I don't—housewives to me, um, if anything—okay, so Misty's been both, right? She's been a corporate— executive type financial person in that and she's now a housewife right yeah and she will tell anyone now that she's been able to do both you know and homeschooling kids now you know glad to retire that her deadbeat husband for so many years who made less money finally was able to do this but um you know that's the what happens when you're in forever in school to try to learn to be a doctor something but but yeah so she will tell you that um, going to work every day, even in a high demanding jobs like she's had in, in her career, way easier. And there's a lot of women uh, who, for whatever reason, they don't want children. Are they, that's, that's fine. There are some women that I do believe, not for financial reasons, not, re- not, not like, for financial reasons, but because they don't have what it takes to stay at home even with their own yeah. kids. That's right. And what does that say about those? Not not because they're there for financial reasons, other than they might say, well, we just want to have better stuff from our kids. Well, you know, what's better, crap in your kids' rooms I'm or a parent that's there? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get a little sassy here and say yeah. it. I don't think, I, I'm not here to tell you what's right or wrong, morally speaking, or according to the Bible about this particular issue. Um, 
there's nothing wrong with a woman working. That I'm, I believe that women can a woman can be president. I'm, I'll vote for her if she's the right person. Um, but, but the thing, but, but if unless it's a financial thing or something that God's just really they're like an actual heart, financial heart, thing, yeah, not not a, a fake financial thing right. where you're making money, but then all the money you're making you're spending on the daycare for the kid anyway. Right. Um, unless it's a financial thing, why let some other parent raise your kid when you could raise your kid anyway? I, I shouldn't. Be and then, then, no, so and I'm gonna I, here. Let me let me let me tilt this to the left a little of Braxton Hunter. Okay. Uh, if 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 you want to. If one of the parents is the dad, I'm the stay-at-home dad. I, I don't judge that. I'm more egalitarian, so I don't judge that stuff. Um, but I'm just saying, a stay-at-home parent, if it's possible, is that's not a just a vocation to be a stay-at-home parent, stay-at-home wife, stay-at-home, whatever. Uh, staying at home, if you have children. Now, if you're just sitting around the house, yeah, find something to do. But, I mean, but the stay-at-home parent, whether it's the husband or the wife, yeah, totally. That's not a just a uh, kind of vocation, because my wife would tell you that's infinitely harder than being just a CFO. I missed where you went left of me, or, but it doesn't matter. Well, I wanted to say that we're not just taking up for the housewives. I'll take up for house husbands, too, if the wives. Oh, well, being, yeah, of yeah. course. Of no, because a lot of evangelicals would okay, judge it's that. A fair, you it's know, fair. Um, no. Yeah. In fact, honest atheist. I was going to ask answer his other question, but I'll answer yeah. this one. Do you have any issues to a husband being the stay-at-home parent, moral, theological, or otherwise? No, I don't. I mean, I think if the stay at home, <clears throat> if there's a family at home, if he's just not working, it's situational, right? It's situational. If, it, if the dude, okay. but that goes with the housewife too. Look, if you're just staying at home and you don't have kids at the home, I will say this, and this won't make me popular with the work, leftists lady. in the crowd either. But I think it is. I think it is. It will more. I think the way that t the temperaments of most men in general and most women in general are set up, uh, you know, naturally, I think it's, it happens more naturally or more, I don't know. I, I think it, it's more naturally the case that a woman is around her kids and stays at home, but there's nothing that says that has to be, is my no. opinion. Yeah, okay? no, I think that, I think, um, I don't know. The longest I ever went without work was a few months. Um, and that's, we will hard. get back to chance in yeah. a minute, folks. Uh, and that was just by <laughs> bad luck. <laughs> you know, just trying to find, especially when you're trying to find a church job, uh, pastors will tell you they'll put resumes out for ever trying to get, uh, you know, a sit down with the search committees and stuff. It's it's a tough thing. All right. So um, here we go. So I, metaphysically, I, I say yes on three on open theism, Arminianism, or the, just like a simple foreknowledge view and Molinism, no on Calvinism. And the reason why I say yes on those other views is that God can design a world that has libertarian-free creatures, okay, that does have something in the mix uh, of the law of physics or something where things can happen, like, you know, things can cause, you know, a boulder to drop down at, at certain could god be behind intentionally behind some of that sure not saying do but do i see god behind every falling rock or sparrow i know people are going to say when he said sparrow not a sparrow you know <laughs> I, you know but, but what i'm saying is I, that this is to show god's level of control but does I, i'm just saying how much of that is allowed and how much of that is directly it is because because what nobody ever interprets with that you know God's not zapping sparrows out of the sky for fun in heaven going, mm -hmm. pew, pew, you know, and they all come dead. 
So I'm just saying, what do we mean here? And I think that there is in some senses, I think that God can directly cause a boulder to fall right in front of your face. Okay? I think in some cases, God can construct a universe where boulders will fall in front of your face, and it's not like he's up there actively pushing it, right? You know, or, or, or whatever. He actualized a cosmos in which an event like that can happen to you seemingly by random, right? And that's mm-hmm. what we mean. And that you can make free choices. I, well, I, I'm going to go further than you. But you can make, we can all make free choices that, by whatever reason of our free decisions, Braxton Hunter becomes lucky and wins the lottery because uh, among all the other infinite types of free decisions in this world, one of them happened to be you pick those numbers for uh, in a sequence uh, because of events in your life that had significance because of other free will actions that took place to make those events on those dates happen to cause you to pick the numbers, all of that thing, and you win the lottery. And it could be, is that a grand design because God wanted to bless Braxton as a lottery winner, or could God actualize a world in which there were other things that were going on? That was one of the things that went on through all the free will decisions, and God will do what he's going to do because Braxton won the lottery, but did God directly cause Braxton to win okay, that lottery. Okay, that, that mm, you're, you're yeah. hitting on my thing, why yeah. I think. And we did talk about this a little bit. Yeah. So here's, here's how I think that ch- genuine chance uh, could happen if people have libertarian freedom. Um, yeah, it's, it's like, so, so you explained it. Let me give my explanation of it. Okay. So you've got on, on all these possible worlds that God knows he could create and things would go thus and thus way where man has libertarian freedom, right? Okay. And we would say that he actualized this world of free creatures mm-hmm. because he wanted to act, the Molinist would say, because he wanted to actualize a world where we end up sitting here doing this podcast, Winston Churchill was born, whatever historical event that seems important, some of the non-important things, many of the non-important things, things in your life that are providential or whatever. You, know, you ate at McDonald's. So that all those things would happen because he yeah. wanted them to all happen. And this is the world where God's goals are most met, right? Yeah. Of all the possible, or all of the feasible, the maximal number of free creatures come to freely love. If that's the thing, which yeah. most Molinists would say it probably yeah. is, most people would come to accept Christ. But let's say that in that world, there's still stuff God didn't want. It's just that there wasn't a feasible world available to Him to actualize where people have free will. That there's no. Let's put it this way: there's no world He was aware that He could create where people would be free and would do everything the way He wanted. Right. Mm-hmm. So. That's he's got to he's got to deal with those cards he's dealt, right? So that's why is, we is that, have is that is that what, that's where James White, yeah. yeah. So that's so there's suffering, so there we we would say perhaps God wanted a world with no suffering, yeah. But as long as man has free will, there, every single world that he could actualize where he gives him free will, this happens, right? Or or a lot of other things happen, and and it may be that some of those things that happen are free choice decisions. That might seem good or bad, but God's going to be fine with because this is the best. You're not supposed to say best, but the the world, the best meets his goals. Okay. Okay. And so in that sense, those things were chance and God allowed them because he wanted to actualize this world of free creatures. Yeah. I think that is a legitimate sort of chance if the people have libertarian free will. Okay. What about the laws of just the laws of nature that God's not pushing every boulder or causing every flat tire that you have? Sometimes you just live in a cosmos where 
you got a flat tire or a boulder fell on your face, and it's not God popping your tire uh, by some providential but I eternal think decree, I, but he knew that your he tire knew would pop. and he allowed it. Right, but but your tire just But I do think your tire God, just popped. But I do okay. think then God will work among just like yeah, I think, yeah, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. Well but, but that's I need to say it for the audience. Okay. So like I do think that like when when horrible suffering happens or whatever thing happens or something that was a chance, you know, you freely chose something and all that. God still works with all that even with those things to perhaps bring something beautiful out. And so in that sense, it's not chance. If we mean by chance that it has no purpose, God can give it a purpose, assign it a purpose. Right. And then work from there. But, but I think in that sense that chances. Well, I don't know. Maybe a Calvinist then would say, could say. No, because God planned it to plan it, to plan this other thing that he's going to plan out of it. That's true. I keep, I keep, I keep going easy on determinism instead of making but that's not an insult to calvinism no they're fine they would be proud to tell you and i think that's fine hey well i mean they're not going to say that they're not going to set it up the way i did that god's pushing the boulder off because he wanted that but they did but god's intention was for that to happen as a direct result of his actions and i'm saying that i think god can create a universe where that just falls and if it does fall he knows that it will fall in front of your face but Something out of that, not the fall itself, is is you know. God but the, but it, the yeah. Calvinists would be happy, and I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about. This is perfectly fine to say. Yeah, there is no chance. There's certainly no luck, and there's no chance on Calvinism. Everything happens for his reasons, right? Mm-hmm. That that that's what they'd say. That's fine. I'm, I'm just we're telling you. Well, what we I think. can say that as as a what is it? The self-loathing Molinist that. Everything does happen for his reasons because he knew everything was going to happen and actualized it anyway for his reasons. So, I mean, anyone can say that. Yeah. I know, but theist couldn't. Yeah. So anyway, you've got our answer now. We both believe that chance is a reasonable. There's a sense in which. There's a sense in which chance is a There's a metaphysical reality to chance. um, And it's more, and it's more than just our perspective that God can create a cosmos that can allow for events of chance to occur, not to allow them to be without any sort of purpose or redeeming value whatsoever, but they can just occur. Now I want to, let's get to the Q and a now. Um, and it doesn't have to be about this, but someone did ask, uh, well, it's our old friend. Someone asked me about being a barber early on. Oh yeah. We'll do that first. Um, okay. I saw that somebody said, I don't know where that was, but someone asked you, what would you say is the best advice for a barber? I don't really, I don't don't know. know. It's gone. It's in, it's, it's gone. Mm. This is dead air. Pritchett. I know. Just answer the question. No, here you go. Okay. Punch bowl haircut. What's the best advice you would give to any barber? Don't use a punch bowl to give a person a haircut. <laughs> is that the answer? That's, that's the answer. Um, so I don't know where it is now, but uh, Digital Gnosis asked me um, basically how how does the brain how does the soul interact with the brain? And some people were trying to answer him, and I think they were thinking that what he was saying was how does it ha- like in like and someone had brought up because I've mentioned this before too about a radio that it's like the signal would be like your soul, the radio gets damaged, then you're going to have problems with the music. It's going to sound distorted or whatever, but you didn't damage the signal. You damaged the material, the device. through the which the signal. I don't think that's what he's asking though. That's not what he's asking. I mean, I think that's true, but I don't think that's what he's asking. I think what he's asking is about what's called the interaction problem, which is if these are two different substances, 
substance dualism means we believe we have two substances, a physical body and an immaterial soul that is not physical, then how, how could the soul affect, like how could it touch, affect, you know, things going on in the brain? Yeah. And I, and the answer now I have an answer to this that I'm not sure of uh, what the way I would approach this is to say, and I'm just being honest, Nathan, the way I'd approach this to say, um, if, if this was lodged against me as the interaction problem often is to say, it can't be the case that the soul can interact with the brain because they're two different substances. Well, then in, then I, what I would do is I would provide a possible explanation that I don't know if this is true, but so long as it's a possibility, it means that this is not a problem for us, right? This is called a philosophical defeater. And, and, and for those, Nathan probably knows this, but for some that might not, I've said, I've, I've used this example a lot because I think it's a good one. Let's say Nathan and me and Pritchett are all sitting in this room together and the windows are drawn, nobody can see outside. And Nathan goes away and he comes back an hour later and he's drenched. And I say, and, and Pritchett says, there's only one explanation for why he's dripping wet. He's dripping wet because he got into a shower with his clothes on. Well, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I know that, the, that Pritchett's saying there's no other possible explanation is not true because it could be that it started raining and he got wet. Could jumped be in a pool. Jumped in a pool, fell in a pond. Did he a very belated ALS ice bucket challenge? Um, you know, there, there, there could be any explanation. Okay, so as long as, so all I have to do to prove Pritchett wrong is to show one possible explanation yeah. that that is a possibility, even if it seems far fetched, like the ALS ice bucket challenge. That means that Pritchett's claiming that the only way, the only explanation is he got into a shower with his clothes on fails. So that's what I would do here. I would, if someone says the interaction problem means that, that there's no way that the soul could exist and interact with the brain, I would say, well, all I need to do is explain one possibility. And I have one such possibility. Um, it seems to be the case that, and, and I know you complained about quantum stuff coming up earlier, Nathan, but it's useful here. Um, cutting edge science, don't know what the problem is. Um, that it seems like when we use a measurement device that this affects the collapse of the waveform. Now, we don't know why that is, and many people suspect that it's because of observation, um, that down the chain of the measurement devices, there's an observer, um, and that the observation of these things affects the collapse of the waveform. So one idea that's been forth, uh, put forth is that the interaction problem is resolved by the fact that by interacting as a soul in a body, the observation of the interactions is what causes this is that the interaction is accomplished by observation. Just like without any other physical interaction, the measurement device collapses the waveform. That sounds really complicated, but actually I said this uh, a few weeks ago and then it's, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what, this is chance, this or is it? That um, uh, IP did a video that didn't exactly say that, but came close to it. Um, when he was talking about the quantum co consciousness thing. Yeah. So that's that's one possible explanation. It could have been chance. It could have been providence. Well, it's always providence, but it could have been <laughs> like a, a, what what the old Southern Baptist preachers call a divine appointment. Divine appointment. Yeah. yeah. So And I believe it could be both. I'm just saying I leave open the possibility, and I don't see any problem with it. Yeah, so there you I'm go. I'm not going to make any claim that any specific instance was ever chance or luck but that it's possible. 
Yeah, so uh, honest atheist, honestly atheist says, have you considered what atheists determinists say when they, we invoke luck? I think it is more a cultural shorthand for voicing support than an invocation of some supernatural force. I, I don't just think that's an atheist thing. I think that's what most people do. Now, yeah. if 56% of the uh, of people in general, the population believes in luck as a real thing, then maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe it's not most people, but I think most think most people have thought about this very deeply. If I, if you ever find me saying good luck to someone and I have enough church kid in me to still not say it very often, but if I do say good luck to someone, I just mean what uh, Howard was saying a while ago yeah. that it's just, I just mean, uh, you know, blessings on you. You know, <laughs> so, you know right. I hope this goes well for you or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, so. I don't, I, I always thought it was silly that, they made a stink about this in youth group. It's like, yeah, just good, good luck, dude. Yeah. Good luck. I, I want um, you to do well. So, all right. I mean, it's, it's like breaking a leg is actually like a curse, you know, go break a leg. And you know, that just yeah. seems horrible. Yeah. That, I never understood well, yeah. that one. The, so there I, is an explanation. I, my daughter told me the other day, she was, listening I know to the there podcast. is. It's old. Th- it, you know. it has something to do with something to do with theater or You're something. You're right. It's old theater. Thing I don't, I don't for that, but anyway, uh, anybody else have uh, questions that perhaps, uh, yeah. And, and, and by the way, one way to help is if you did ask a question and you know where it has in the feed, copy and paste it, uh, so that we don't have to, he's trying to flip through. I did see a question, um, earlier was it related to the soul and stuff like that I, I uh best book on the history of philosophy i don't uh well um d- depends do you want a christian uh i mean Bertrand russell's got a well, i mean got, that's like a standard but if you want like a christian history of philosophy um Copleson's Copleson series. Is, he's Catholic. Yeah, his, yeah, he's it's phenomenal. Uh, it's a series. It's a bunch of books. Uh, John Frame has a, a history of philosophy and theology that's recent that I think is phenomenal. So you ought to, you'll get a, your head around a good, that's a good reason. I don't know, but the, when I say best, why don't you get Frame's history of philosophy and theology? It's not the best, but I, it's I still it's point people be, to... Yeah. I, this is obviously... Or go get Bertrand Russell from the library. Well, people that have watched the show for very long know that I always, when it comes to the history of apologetics, which can become a history of philosophy, because let's face it, most of the old philosophers going all the way back to um, Plato and, and, and Socrates are going to talk about God or gods. So it's going to be very theologically informed. The, the history of apologetics by Avery Dulles um, is an incredible work that you can... It's readable. And it is a history of apologetics, again, by a Catholic. But guess what? It, it gives you all the philosophers, basically. I, I think that, um, that, that, that you would read about in a philosophy text. I also would recommend, uh, if you, go, if you want a good history of philosophy, here's what you do. Go to biblicaltraining.org, biblicaltraining.org. And uh, you have to make a sign-in, but you don't have to pay anything. There's no fee, no monthly fee, no nothing. Don't give them your credit card, nothing. You just sign in, log in and password. There's tons of free courses from mostly Calvinists. And my favorite professor ever is a Calvinist professor named Ron Nash, Ronald Nash. And he has several courses on philosophy, including the history of philosophy. It'll knock your socks off. So there's There's some good questions popping in here. Uh, Why isn't Braxton a dualist? Kyle Zinyi says, Um, or no, why am I a dualist rather than idealist? So for those that may not know, a a substance dualist says that you have a body and an immaterial soul. A materialist uh, says that there's no such thing as an immaterial soul. It's just all physical or a matter. Or substance monist. Uh, yeah, you're a substance monist. There's one substance. The idealist says um, that 
it's all there. Like the thing you have first access to is your um, existence and your rational thoughts about things and everything else comes into you through that, through your sense experience. So there really isn't a physical world in least not in the sense that you think there is. Um, so they're kind of a substance monist, but it's more the other way from the materialist. They think all is information or all is soul or however you want to say that. So if you ask somebody like um, Inspiring Philosophy, who's another apologist that comes up sometimes, he's an idealist. And, and he would he, if you ask him if he was a dualist, he might let it go and be like, well, for all intents and purposes, because he believes in the soul. And that's what you're asking him, really. But if you got specific with him, he'd say, I'm not a dualist because I'm not saying there's an immaterial body and an immaterial soul. So he's saying that all is the mind of God or whatever, you know, idealist thinking. So why am I not an idealist? I'm not there yet. I, yeah, not I'm convinced. still, I'm still a dualist because it re I really have a strong impression that this microphone is what it appears to me to be. Obviously. Yeah, and the, and the, the yeah. idealist would say, yeah, it, it is, but it's not what, but what you think it is not the same thing as what it appears to be to you because it's only there appearing to you because you're, you know. Well, they would say that it's something else, but it's not that something else isn't real, right? They would say that it's real. It's, it's real. real. They'd there say it's real. Right There's here. a microphone, but it's real in the sense that when I'm playing a video game and what's behind me is ones and zeros until yeah. I turn the camera around and then it all collapses into a physical realm, uh, what looks like a physical realm. So I'm not even saying that. I'm saying this is what it seems yeah, to be. Yeah, you're a realist. You're a realist. I'm saying to Kant, yeah, I'm saying to Kant, even Kant. Or Barkley. Uh, it's not Berkeley. Barkley. Yeah. Everyone keeps yelling. Okay, right. look. I'm uh, saying, well, hold on. I, I'm saying even where Kant would say, yeah, but if, that's only because this is what your experience of the microphone is what your sense perception bringing in information is then combining in your yeah. head to give you. And I agree. And I agree that if I had um, a sense uh, device uh, apparatus for seeing radio waves, I would see see them or sense them or whatever all around me. So I get that I'm not getting everything about the microphone, but I am getting something. And I okay, think that but, it's but, real. But, but, but the idealist would push back and say, okay, imagine that microphone that doesn't have any color. It doesn't have any dimension. doesn't have any weight to it. doesn't have any, you know, part. What, what is it? What is it? What is it? What? Say that again. Describe this microphone without any sort of uh, things. That no, you, I, I get it. Yeah. But I'm saying my impression of it. Right. That if I start describing, will all be based on sensory experience. Yeah. Is what I think it is. Somebody asked a question earlier. We've had several ab questions about here. why is God? Why would God just allow something to happen and not be? Um, I mean, I know the pious answer is he wouldn't. God is God is eternally invested that out of the crest and aim toothpaste I had that that it matters that I chose the crest and over the aim this morning to God from all eternity. But maybe that's not true. Maybe God just allowed me to pick one, not the other, didn't care. And I think that's more likely in a lot of things. I'm trying to find, uh, see, there's an ongoing debate about substance dualism that I'm trying to get past that to find the other questions that might come up. Now, am I, am I being, you know, am I being impious by saying God didn't care which, toothpaste bottle i maybe but i don't feel bad about it so i don't think that i i, I don't think that god is like every single decision that happens or every single event that that occurs that god is has in endows it with the same level of 
like with the cross, for example, right? Uh, something huge. I'm sorry, what toothpaste I chose this morning, God's not as invested in that event as, as the, the death of Jesus. So I Unless did, I, there's a butterfly effect from it that goes out into the future. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but I... But I would certainly say there are probably things, if not that, like that, that you're what you're saying... Care, you know, even if we found out that has a butterfly effect, still, there's other things like it. Right. right? And, it, and, yeah, so I, I don't think that anything about my life would have been significantly different today had I chosen the other bottle of toothpaste. And so if I'm put, on. Why, why think God has put more thought in my toothpaste choice than I do? I, it just makes no sense to me. All right. I'm not, picking I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it makes no sense to me. That's why I don't okay. think God has uh, to. I, okay. Here's, here's one. Justin it. Brown says, if God doesn't intend for something to happen, he will intervene, i.e. a miracle, agree or disagree. Well, again, I hate to be semantical, but it might depend on what we mean by intend. I think there are things God doesn't want to happen that he allows to happen because of free will choices. And ultimately, he can redeem that and use it for something good. Um, so, you know, take the classic example of Joseph's brother selling him into slavery. I don't think he wanted the evil thing to happen of people horribly treating their brother. But as the Bible tells us, what they planned, what they uh, intended, intended planned, for evil, meant, God intended for good. Yeah. And as Jonathan Bridget has often so elegantly said, it doesn't mean he intended them to do an evil thing so that he could intend to do something good out of it. He intent, he looked, he knew what they would do and he knew he would intend to bring, he intended to bring something beautiful out of it. And that's why he can allow the bad because of the good that he intended from it. So he intends to allow certain things that he doesn't want is the way I'd say. Now, as far as miracle goes, what do we mean? In what instance, are we talking like the parting of the Red Sea or are we tar- talking like uh, diverting an arrow that just smacks the dude? Through the- I mean, there's all kinds of different ways that God can intervene that may not necessarily be uh, a Red Sea moment. So I don't even know. But if you if you just mean can God interfere, um, I, I intervene. I, when I think of miracle, I think of a big demonstration of power, right? Uh, when I think of intervene, I don't think of that as being a miracle. I think God's doing stuff, just like I do stuff. I, either way, right? Like God, I can smack you in the arm. God can smack you in the arm. I don't in think that sense, every time right? God in God intends something or God, let's say. I don't think every time God wants something to happen that's not happening the way he that would please him. We know there's things that happen that displease yeah. God. And I don't think every time he steps in and does a miracle, sometimes he does. That's yeah. God's prerogative. That's and I don't I mean. think that when he steps in, it's always a miracle in the sense of a parting of the Red Sea, someone's sight being restored, things like that. Sometimes God just moves stuff around and that's fine. Punchbowl haircut back Never. again. Thank you for that phenomenal super chat. Thank you so, yes. so much. Isn't it selfish to have kids if there is a chance that they go to hell, assuming eternal conscious torment? Well, that's an assumption that should be taken seriously. But um, uh, I, there's a command on the, the first page of the Bible to be fruitful and yeah. multiply. Now, that's tempered with some New Testament texts. It's okay if you don't. All Nobody's saying it. But in general, it's not selfish to have kids. It's an obedience of, of being right. fruitful. Right. It's, it's one of those things. Like I had a professor right. here at Trinity say to me yesterday in the hallway. He said, um, first of all, it was kind of funny because he was like, I was watching this Baptist guy talk to a Catholic on EWTN and the Catholic asked him, okay, is Mary the mother of God? And he said, that guy fell all over himself trying to find an answer. How would you answer that? I'd say, yes. 
Mary is the mother of God. In a sense, yes. <laughs> In a sense, yes. Jesus is God incarnate. Mary was his mother. No, that you can't. But that, but yeah. what you can't build out from that is, therefore, Mary is divine. Right. Or, therefore, Mary is uh, pre-existent necessarily yeah, to be yeah. venerated or in yeah, any way. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, yeah. and Catholics, most Catholics. Are but like, the point was, that was incidental to saying. Yeah. I did. So then, then he asked me, um, uh, what well, you know, he was trying to posit that, is it the case that all children that die in infancy or whatever are going to go to heaven? Or is there a chance that some of them will, some of them won't? So he said, I don't, I don't know that you can know. And that's why you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I told him, I said, look, the bottom line is, he said, because if everyone believe, if we believe that all our killed children w could grow up and reject God and go to hell, wouldn't it, if we, if we knew for sure that they were all going to heaven, if they die as infants, Christians would kill all their kids. And I was like, you're out of your mind. And of course they wouldn't. Right. But whether you think practically that might be a smart move if they were convinced it was all true, it doesn't matter because it would be sin. It would be against the will of God. Yeah. And, and, and likewise, we are commanded to have children. And if I was... No, okay. that's, that doesn't mean that... And take, take this, they could go to hell business out of it. Uh, there are people who do have kids for selfish reasons as part of their motivations for having kids. No doubt about that. I'm not saying... Is that necessarily wrong to want to have kids? And among the reasons that you want to have kids, some of them seem to be selfish. They would fulfill you and make you feel. No, that's no problem either. Yeah. And, and as long as we do believe in libertarian freedom, we believe that we can influence our kids and strongly impact their move to make the right choice, yeah. which is why Vera needs to be at home with her kids as the number one influencer in their lives. Right. Um, Jeremiah Apple, Apple, I, I don't know. Sends this 100 SEK. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, I forget the name of that currency, but but 100 sex sec. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Oh man. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's move on. Thank you so much. Uh, they didn't have anything that they wanted to add to that. Um, honestly, atheist says any debates or discussions with atheists coming up. Um, you just had one. So. Ju just had one with Dan Barker. I have, yeah. it was on unbelievable. I have one planned for next year, but I'm not in charge of the conference. So I can't tell you any more about it yet, but it's going to be exciting because you'll know who the other person is. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is um, uh, I do, I am talking with one of the two debaters the other night about a debate with an atheist on a issue related to the Bible like that has to do with Bible contradictions and authorship and things like that. And that would be an atheist versus a Christian on a pretty, you know, in a way that you don't normally get. And so yeah. we're trying to make sure that the debates we host on this channel, yeah, we've so, only done one yeah. are upper crust. So you know, we, wanna... we have one that we're trying to get for our channel. And then you have one next year. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, we, we really did. So do you affirm divine? They put that one up. Do, do you affirm see. divine? It's right at the top of your thing. Right there. You're right on it. Do you affirm divine simplicity? I, I, I affirm cognitive simplicity for God. Yeah. That's my thing. Is, 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 that would take a long time to explain. Is, so, but, I mean, the, what do you, you know, the question is, do you believe that God is made of constituent bits? Mm -hmm. uh, not physical bits, but, you know. Yeah. And you're saying. Well, here's the thing on that. I, I, I don't, I do think that when you talk about it's either simplicity or composite. Well, know? but when you, but it, but when you start talking about the different attributes that God has and things and, and things like that, 
it becomes difficult to point to any particular thing because you're just pointing back to the same thing. It all gets wrapped up in, well, nature. Well, okay. I, uh, what's your take? I, I am, I am uh, lean simplicity, but I really want to read. I, you must have had something passionate to I say wanna, about this. You I want to read. I want, Adam Harwood has a paper. I haven't read it yet, but I think it's out there, but I need to read it. But Adam Harwood and others have been really picking at this thing, and they're like, no. And then he's going to probably talk about it in his upcoming systematic theology in the sections that I didn't get to read that mm-hmm. I want to read. And so I want to th- read some of the more recent literature on this before I care okay. to give a specific... But I just want people to know there's literature out there, and I know that um, there's a lot of hay about how much and, or how little of classical theism needs to be hung, hanging around. It is. It's or, a big issue yeah. of debate. Yeah, and so here's I want to wave more. Cognitive simplicity is what I definitely maintain, yeah. and that is that God's thoughts are not at all like our thoughts insofar as like temporal this sequence. Is, yeah, this is because of His omniscience. Yeah. So that like when if I want to if I want to know like He does if I like when He thinks about. He knows everything instantly, so he doesn't have to think through things and come to new conclusions. Yeah. He's cognitively simple. He knows everything, and it doesn't affect his free will. He knows what he will freely do, but he knows what he will freely do. You know, it's, 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 it's complicated. Now, it's, I'm sure we have other videos on it, but we ought to do a video on it sometime. Well, uh, I want to read more of the naysayers before I like jump into... To, to, okay, know. here we go. Uh, just wanted to make sure... This is from Terrapar... Taripar, Taripar. Just want to make sure that the Uman Thuman uh, Matthias idea in relation to luck and such wasn't lost in the chat. So the Matthias idea did get discussed, and if you're talking about the drawing of straws and things like that. But the the so what this is is to get a word from the Lord. They the priest would stick his hand inside of his garment, and there would be a he'd pull out this rock, and based on the color of the rock that came out, he would get an answer. I don't think that's chance. I think that's a way that they were hearing from God at that time for that reason. Pritchett. I like what Leighton Flowers says about this is that that uh, and he and he tied it back to, to to Proverbs and kind of went against con- traditional thinking about it. But I do I do like it. I do think there's something to what he was saying about there's a sense in which all this stuff, you know, God is providentially in control over all that that happens for things that are important. Uh, maybe not my choice of toothpaste being maybe so I don't know but it seems like no uh, but okay with that but it was like Paul was um, God's man and that was their man and it seems like that by that time in the first century they're sitting there just still playing these types of ways of of, of trying to divine knowledge with the lots and that was their way but God confirmed Paul is the 12th man Mm-hmm. And I'm open to that, um, because where did we ever hear anything of Matthias ever again? Right. So I'm open to that. I know people are like, yeah, but Proverbs 16:33, and it's you know like we we better make Matthias matter more than Luke thought he did, you know. Um, so <laughs> so I just and I'm like, well, maybe not. There's something to this. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. That, that seems to be like their way of trying to figure, figure out something that was, uh, you know, not in God's timing. So. Thank you for this, uh, great super chat, John P. What does judgment mean for us Christians if we already go to heaven anyway? Thanks. Well, so heaven is one thing and 
I understand the temptation for people like you and I who are Christians to think, well, hey, with what's at stake, I'll just be glad to be in the kingdom of God um, forever. And, uh, you know, you, in the new heavens and the new earth, you can put me in a shack. I don't care. I'm just glad I'm there. Um, but the Bible does talk about um, answering for things done in the flesh and, and talking about like, you know, there's there's discussion of rewards and things. Now, do the, are, is that literal about rewards in heaven? What do you think, Pritchett? Yeah. Okay, well, if that reward is, is if those rewards are literal. My mansion is going to be way better than yours. That, you're going with the King James mansion. That's right. You're getting a mansion. Even though it's really more like talking about. My Bible, my black leather, and it has to be black leather. Schofield. It's not the real word of God. Right. Black leather, King, King James, James Schofield, Schofield Bible, Bible says mansion. I get a mansion. Yeah, man. Oh, it's you're, getting talking a about, it's talking you're getting a dwelling. You're getting like a bus directly. shelter, basically. <laughs> a temporary dwelling place before you. But yeah, that would yeah, be a judgment. But, things yeah. that you did or didn't do that you could have done good, you know, to, to benefit the king. Your sins are paid for. Yeah. So that's my answer to that. You agree, Pritchett? Yeah, I think that uh, if you persevere to the end, that you, you're still going to be judged. Um, I think that you there are rewards and stuff that you're. It's certainly crowns. You know, imagery of crowns casting back at Jesus' feet because he was. Uh, through his power and the spirit that you're able to do anything that pleases God in any case. So, you know, it's just, but there, sure. I don't know. God is a gift giver. So I don't know why we don't take rewards, why we don't take those kinds of things more serious. Thank you so much for this super chat. Deke two one, one, two. Uh, really as long appreciate as I get that. more than him, I, that's fine. Would Just either one more I'm confident you will. I'm confident. You will. <laughs> Would either of you debate a Calvinist again, like James White or Durbin or Bruden Kate? No. Um, I don't have any intentions to. I never say never. Here's one thing, because um, I've never sought a debate. I've never asked to debate anyone. I've said no to people that would like to debate, but I've never gone looking for a debate. Every single debate I've done, some organizer, some conference organizer or something has, or in unbelievable case, the, you know Justin Brierley, asked me if I would like to debate a particular person or would be willing to. I've never gone looking for one. So I would just have to see what comes down the line. At this point in my life, and the Calvinists here, I hope you'll appreciate this. I'm not a Calvinist, but I, I'm really right now focused primarily on apologetics and evangelism and Bible teaching and all those sorts of things. And with the Bible teaching, you, you, but I'm primarily focused toward unbelievers. And uh, it may be the theological debate is important. Occasionally, I like to do those like we did with Steve Gregg and Chris State the other night because I do want atheists to see the rich depth of theological debate and inter intercourse that can happen on these issues and has been happening throughout the history of the church, because whether they take these things seriously or not, a lot of people take it very seriously and there uh, are at atheists, a very high academic level. There are atheists who are interested in the subject matter, even if they don't believe it's true. And I appreciate those atheists. Yeah. As for me, uh, Here's the thing. Here's what Braxton didn't tell you about him that I'll, I'll, I'll say for his benefit as well as mine. We've done it, and we actually argued and studied that issue, both of us probably, for a good 10-year chunk, and we're just burnt out of it. And neither one of us... Um, is it okay that I speak for you in this manner? Yeah, I mean, okay. I think that's true, that yeah. you just kind of get tired of that subject, especially once... Now, people just now getting into this kind of thing, and, like, they just discovered this debate a year or two ago, and they've geared up for it. You've got, you've got seven or eight years ahead of you before you're sick of it, too. Enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. 
But some people never get sick. Some people never get sick of it. <laughs> I'll t- I'll tell you but, this though. But I've, I've gotten sick of it. I, I don't because I don't care enough. If you're a Calvinist, great. See you in like, heaven. Who cares? I, I do like to occasionally go watch the discussions with Calvinists and and non-Calvinists because I used to say that those were more vitriolic than discussions between theists and atheists. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, I would mm-hmm. much rather you know if I had to spend the next year. In one of those, and I am choosing one, I'm choosing the, the one that's more vitriolic. Because at least with my Calvinist brothers and sisters and the Armenians and people, who, whatever side of that you're on, there is at least I can call you out and say, you're not acting Christianly. Right. And they'll be like, dang, dadgummit, you're right. You know? If they're a Christian, yeah. <laughs> you know, with yeah. the atheists, it, you, I mean. They're behaving as you expect. But on the other hand, I will say this. Of the atheists that have been cordial and friendly, they behave better. They than have behaved little... as good as the best of those. Yeah, or um, better than a lot of people in the soteriology debates yeah, who yeah. are horrible, reprehensible people. Right. So, and yeah. again, for those of you that will hear that and misunderstand the moral argument for God's existence, it doesn't. We don't say that Christians that atheists can't be good or as good as Christians or whatever. Although we would hope in general Christians are being better. Um, yeah. I'm not getting into that debate. The point is, who's got a grounding for right. calling something good uh, or yeah. bad? Yeah. Something Christopher Hitchens <clears throat> intentionally never understood. Uh, John P. says, uh, let's see. Pritchett, your Theology Geek Fitness video was great and has motivated and inspired me. I'm your target audience. Sweet. Finally, Pritchett, over the past year, well, he did it in less than a year, lost about 70 pounds. Is that right? Yes. And as a result, and developed some incredible abs. If we didn't worry that he would motivate um, bad thoughts for people that shouldn't be thinking them, uh, I'd let you. I'll let him show you his abs because they are. Well, you can see my abs in my video. Um, oh, okay. And so they, they can see my abs in, in that. <laughs> but at video. least now you have a choice. I'm not yeah. springing those abs on you. Right. And and so he started a channel, the, uh, Theology Geek Fitness. You can go and and I put it in. I recently put it in the community tab on yeah. youtube you can go check that out it's got me chris featherstone uh eric hernandez aaron brown i think billy said he's going to contribute i think you said you were going to contribute some, some stuff to i don't need to i'll be the fat guy trying to you, get yeah to. but you're on your way he got a, see i have a pedal station that everyone knows about that i i and braxton got this bike that's caused me to be jealous he caused me sin in my heart because his bike is awesome he's been riding his bike every day for work and it's seven sweet. miles here seven miles home that's 14 right miles and it's an awesome trip. bike and i have a pedal station that right. cost me five dollars um interesting way of phrasing this do you think layton has a chance of reforming the southern baptist layton is a non-calvinist um and layton has a show he, he can't he can't, he's southern baptist and he's got a show on this issue um <sighs> no I, I i don't think he has a chance of impacting i don't think i don't th- i think the southern baptist convention is going to be calvinist for the foreseeable future strongly yeah and hey that whatever yeah yeah All right. um uh let's see jesse tinsley says what do you think about having steve Gregg on to talk about partial preterism and amillennialism i think it's a fantastic idea i want to have steve Gregg on more um i just talked to him this morning about a possibility of having him on for something but he's a very busy guy, and uh, but but yeah, I'm I'm open to that. I'd love to have I'd love to have him debate the issue, because even though I say I'm personally focused on reaching atheists um, and unbelievers in general, uh, that doesn't mean we shouldn't have any content about that. 
Um, Doesn't your butt hurt after riding your bike for that long? Boy, the first three or four days, yes. But I I don't know. I've adapted. That's that's about as much as I want to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Let's see. Anybody else? Did we, ah, we, we may have, have exhausted the questions. Yeah. I mean, I, we may have missed someone. Uh, I'm sure we missed plenty. Um, yeah, but it's hard to it's hard to track. Well, with that, I mean, we've gone on for over an hour. We've gone yep. for an hour and eleven minutes. So yeah. listen, we've got to get out of the way for uh, Mike Winger, who comes on what at three. Three. Mike yeah. Winger's going to be on at three. You'll want to watch that. Go so ahead. we're his hey. warm up act. Are you seriously? Apo- yes. Apo- hey, uh, why isn't he ours? I mean, we're us. You subscribe know. to the channel. I love you, Mike. You know I do. I know there's a lot of people that comment on here and stuff that, that have not subscribed to the channel. And perhaps you're an atheist and you think, I watch this channel a lot, but I don't want to I don't want to benefit them in some way because they're they're Christians out there. They're they're probably behind Trump's election and I don't want to do anything to benefit them. Listen, I right. went on an atheist subscribe fee, uh, spree the other day because I wanted to make sure I see what's what's out there. So just return the favor, man. But with that... Um, oh, one more question. One more question. Take that last question to you. Somebody wants to know something about Braxton. And... Is Braxton a classical theist or a theistic personalist? I don't know. That goes back to the question about divine simplicity. Uh, we're classical theists in the most... We're in that camp. For the most for part, the most, I always yeah. describe myself that yeah. way. Yeah, we're classical theists. All right. Well, thank you all for being here so, so much. We love you each and every one. Christians, atheists, Hindus, everybody else. Check out our sister podcast in the Trinity Commission, The Narrow Path with Steve Gregg, Soteriology 101 with Leighton Flowers, The Bible Rowdown with Matt Chisholm and Billy Winland. Theo Apologetics with Chris Date, our newest uh, edition. I think Free Thinking Ministries said, yeah, Tim Stratton's in. And um, I think that's all in our show, our second channel. And Theology Sean Hurst is also. Wait, but, wait, wait. Yeah. It, it, did we announce him yet? Yeah. Oh, you did? Sean, but but listen, um, you can definitely subscribe to our second channel where it's more theological stuff if you like these kind of things. Um, and you want to do that by going to the uh, YouTube. What? I'm a YouTuber. The description. The description for this. Yes. Yeah. Um, the box with the wordy things and click and click on there and go and subscribe to Trinity Radio Extra. Yeah. Next week I got a video on egalitarianism for those who are interested in that conversation. All right. Well, the song's about to finish, so we should probably get out of here. See you next time on Trinity Radio.